0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Happy eleven eleven! We've entered a portal on Let's Go There.
2: Is that really what you... That just came to your mind immediately, huh? Yeah, just an
1: energy portal of... Love and intention and manifestation, just whatever you want to make happen, put it out there.
2: Yeah. Let's I it I out. saw you two, um, Sharjah Estelle, who is still here. Um, yes. Yeah, you I, I didn't, that didn't sound exciting. <laughs> that did not sound I saw, exciting. I saw you both on the Insta story at oh, LGT show. Oh, you are lurking. Having a, 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 a very hippy-dippy, saw moment of all feel-good stuff. And I was like, oh, no, I got to come back and break uh, this exactly, issue. Exactly. Yeah, bring the negativity <laughs> <on>. <laughs> This will not thrive. <laughs> not on my watch. We had a great day yesterday. <laughs> Day.
3: We missed you, though. Glad well, you're back.
2: Thanks, guys. I had a couple of doctor things to get in order. Um, I cleaned my place, spick and span. Beautiful. Can I say that word? Or is that a slur? Sp- I, I think i Don't that's say it. Sh- I, no, don't know. I don't I don't
4: think that... I, we not, could, now you got me wanting to do ne- my research. Well, as I said, you
2: just never know. You know, a lot of things are popping up. Um, but really, I was cleaning up because, you know, my mom is coming in uh, next week, I think it is, or the week after? It's
3: the week after. Yeah,
2: she's coming in for the holidays. And yeah. we finally planned what she's do what, and this is the first time, y'all. She's been in LA since I've lived here, and it's been six years. Wow, That's wild. What, well,
3: what's on, on the agenda? Okay,
2: so Monday we're going to dinner. Cute, cool. As Monday you night she would comes do, in, eat right? Some food. Tuesday we're going to the aquarium. Nice. Oh. The Wednesday, we're going to the Academy Museum. Nice. Also, oh. the African-American Museum, because she really wants to go. You hey. should also
3: take her by LACMA. You know, they have the Please, official. Please, I don't need any yes. more ideas. I'm know, already. LACMA is actually I'm a,
2: great. I'm great already trying to slow her, her down. Ryan,
3: they have the official Obama portraits okay. there right now. It's no. a tourist attraction. Oh, really? Okay, then. Yeah.
2: Okay, maybe I'll surprise that. Oh, yeah. I'll that surprise with a surprise. it. Okay, Thursday, obviously, is Thanksgiving. Friday, she wants to do a, a full day of local going around to all the, the, the big spots here in Los Angeles. Like, Los Angeles, the, like the Rodeo. The Walk of Stars, the maybe. Yeah, the Hollywood. WeHo. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's one we might. I don't know if my mother wants to reside where the, the, where the rain <laughs> Yeah, that's a historic spot. And then <laughs> Saturday was supposed to be a beach day, but then she just texted me talking about, well, are we going to Disneyland at any point? Oh. oh. She wants to go to Disneyland. She's going to pay out that Disneyland money, too, yeah. because I'm not. Yeah. I refuse. So I don't know, we have a whole bunch of things. That's cute. Sleep is not going to be a thing by the time she's here. Um, but it's also her fault that she hasn't came in, until now. Now she wants to pack everything in. Yeah. You're going to be busy. I know. And then come back
1: to work after a great vacation with mom. Oh, God. Make happy memories.
2: <laughs> oh, God. Please, everyone, send good vibes. Send good vibes. Oh, now you want good vibes. <laughs> I want you I know. I, I, need, I need good vibes for this situation. Oh, by the way.
3: I did now look, you want
2: the woo can woo Can I woo. say?
1: Exactly. I did look up <laughs> Spick and Span, and it is a product.
2: Oh,
3: okay. But I'm saying, what are the origins? Yeah, that's what I'm
2: saying. Because the, first, term. the right. first word,
3: we'll find out, okay. sounds a little slurry. It well, does. I didn't think uh, about that until you said it. A lot's coming up. Matthew McConaughey
1: is speaking out about the vaccine mandates for kids because he said some things and he was called out and then he's now clarifying them. Anyway, that's in the tear report in a moment. Plus, uh, why you might get anxiety at the same time every single day, which this is something that comes up for me and a few people in this room.
2: For me as well. Are you kidding me? Everyone in this room, yeah. I think we all experience it in world. But the like at the levels. same time yes. every day. Yes. For Uh, me, it's in the
3: evening. Mine's in the
1: morning. Mine's
3: in the morning. Oh, no, my mornings are smooth. Easy peasy. It's It's evening for me. So
1: we're going to find out why why that is. That is at 335 p.m. Pacific, 635 p.m. Eastern. Right now, let's get into some what's turning this hour. Today is the first Veterans Day since the Trump administration's ban on transgender service members was lifted. Four days after taking office, of course, President Biden signed an executive order repealing the ban, allowing LGBTQ Americans to fully participate in military service. They said, yeah, in a statement today, America's strength is found in its diversity. America is stronger at home is and it? around the world when it is inclusive. The military is no exception.
2: Wow, they hit all the buzzwords in that hey, press release. They sure did. True. Let's give them a round of applause. Uh-huh. I've always Ooh. said if people want
3: to serve in the military, let them. Because I certainly won't be. Oh,
2: I would never. Oh, my God. My uh, cousin's in the, Um, she's in the, what's the one with the boats? A Navy. Navy. Yeah, she does that stuff. Oh. oh.
3: Well, they say the easiest one, and she's this isn't to dilute anything, I mean. Is the Navy? Uh, but <laughs> no. Is the Air Force. Oh, the Air
2: Force. <laughs> oh, oh Oh, my God. I would totally do that one. That's get, the only one i do. Those are the people that uh, find the UFOs sooner, like before. Oh, call it they the Party. space
1: yeah. people people group.
2: <laughs> not space warp or time warp or warp space squad. Sarah, sure, what are you talking about? You know, no, the, warp, you, the, yeah. the warp squad. <laughs> it's not that called that. that war, no. No, war, it's the space uh, the, group. Sp- space warp.
1: What is it called? Space group is part of the
2: Space Force!
1: It's so easy. <laughs> Why didn't we even remember it?
3: Lord have mercy on this show, Kay. this good Thursday.
1: Finally, uh, another round of applause here for uh, Keisha Thorpe, who just got the $1 million Global Teacher Prize. Ooh. The Maryland high school teacher was given the award for her work mentoring and making college education accessible for students who are first-generation Americans, immigrants, or refugees. So early yes, Queen. To her.
2: Yeah, I love that someone named Keisha got this. Okay. She deserves it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was What's Trending This Hour, What's
1: Happening in Entertainment News, right? Okay,
2: so let's talk Matthew McConaughey because he has to clarify some anti-vax comments he made earlier this week. It is time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So, um, he said this, um, you know, (laughs) I want to clarify something (laughs) that has been making the rounds in the press about my answer in a New York Times interview I did the other day. Uh, He said, when asked my opinion on the subject of children and vaccination mandates... Uh, I couldn't mandate it for kids just yet. What was not clear is that I was referring specifically to the five to 11 year old mandate. He said what is not true and insinuated with the clickbait headline since is that I am against vaccinating kids at all. This is false. In fact, our. Eldest 13-year-old son Levi is fully vaccinated for COVID-19. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Honestly, you got to. When you say you things do. and things kind of get mixed up in the headlines, because that's what it's going to do, of course. You gotta clarify some things. Okay, just he, sit on that.
3: I'm glad he came out and, and said this because literally, you all, when Shira broke this news, I think that was Monday, I was very nervous that you know his statements were gonna be weaponized, and they yeah. still might be, they, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on that app that Demi Levine just joined uh, that we talked about yesterday.
2: Yep. Should we, I talk about her vibrator? No. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Why do y'all keep skipping over that? That's probably a better story than Gaia. Yes, it most definitely is a better story than Gaia. Anyway.
1: Maybe later in the tea report later in the show. Uh-uh. No, don't, I sure don't, won't don't be subject talking. me to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to
2: bring it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, seriously, Matthew McConaughey, thank you so much for doing that because you were s- this close Nope. So, getting off of the list of white men that I actually kind of like.
1: Yeah. Boom. his audiobook was good. I was just remembering not that it much. Mo- it's not
2: that many. It's more on the white women list yeah. than the white men list.
3: But, Ryan, you don't like men shorter than you.
2: He's shorter than me? Is he? No, I think Stop. he's. I'm pretty sure he's tall, but. No, how tall is Matthew McConaughey? I mean, no, priorities. he's six feet. Oh. Boom. Oh,
3: okay. Delicious. I don't know why he My just— My type of man. He looks— well, okay. He that's looks a man to me. You.
2: Okay, anyway, that's your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour. Shara's going to be taking over for the T-Report in her hour, and uh, we got more show coming up, right?
1: Yeah, we are breaking down some of the top news stories today. As the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is coming to an end, where will it land and why the judge is coming under scrutiny that's next? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, Judge Bruce Schroeder is currently overseeing the Kyle Rittenhouse trial and is the longest serving active judge in Wisconsin's trial courts. He actually surprised many people when he ripped into assistant district attorney Thomas Binger for his line of questioning as the Rittenhouse testified. Here's a little mashup of all those moments from the recount.
5: That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. True. You should have come and asked. You're an experienced trial attorney, and you're telling me that when the judge says, I'm excluding this, you just to take it upon yourself to put it in, because you think that you've
2: found a way around it? Come on. So don't give me that. That's number one. This. For me, not for you. You say that, that you were acting in faith, good faith? I don't believe that, OK? I don't know what you're up to. That's absolutely untrue. It and isn't. there's no, no, no.
1: Well, you get the point. Uh, Kim Belware joins us right now, national reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for being here.
6: Thanks for having me.
1: Does all of this seem uh, biased or just par for the course here? He also, as we know, reiterated his longstanding rule of not allowing prosecutors to refer to people as victims before juries in the courtroom as well.
6: Well, for people who are watching this nationally, you know, there's a lot of um, observers that are not normally on this judge. and And there is, you know, we've heard a lot of, shock and surprise about what they're seeing. Talking to people in Kenosha County who are familiar with this judge seems a little less surprising coming from him. You know, we've heard things that, you know, he is very original. He's a, he's quite irreverent, um, that he does very uh, kind of zealously protect Certain uh, rights that the defendant enjoys, such as the right against, uh, you know, Fifth Amendment right against self incrimination. And I have also heard from those who have sat in his courtroom covering him that while he is very congenial with juries, he can snap at uh, attorneys on either side if he's inconvenienced or if he's crossed. And we really saw that with Binger yesterday, where, you know, you see uh, it, it seems like there were certain surprises and uh, and criticisms that he felt. I'm sorry, not criticisms, but, you know, lines of questioning that he felt were, you know, a bridge too far. And you really saw him bite back at the prosecutor.
2: Is that something that is normal when it just comes to judges, especially on cases that may not be as high profile as this, but could be high profile as this? Is that normal to see a judge kind of react in that in that manner?
6: I mean, it was definitely a strong reaction. And and some of what, you know, when we get to these questions of, you know, is this this bias? Is this, uh, you know, what should we make of it? Uh, You know, there's no great answer because one answer is, you know, whether it's biased or not, there is a lot of judicial discretion that judges have. You know, they're just under the, you know, vast leeway that they have to call the balls and strikes you know they can they can make these decisions and, and certainly that is going to contribute to how people think this case was adjudicated if they think the judge was fair or not but you know it's every judge kind of has their own personality and the other thing that we don't know is You know, Thomas Binger, who is a Kenosha County prosecutor, you know, we don't know if there's any kind of history between those two, you know, if Binger's been in his courtroom often and if they, you know, have any sort of, you know, dynamic that that might be broader context. But, you know, I think anytime you see um, an attorney really get dressed down like that, it makes people take notice.
3: Uh, yeah, I want to know, you know, there's been so much to unfold uh, since this trial began, you know, from uh, this judge yelling and arguing to quoting Bible scripture. And then people were side eyeing. His phone went off and God bless the USA played. He was looking at cookie. Which is like a coded uh, song. Yeah, cookie uh, cookie. <laughs> mm. What? And I know that it's being reported that closing arguments might begin as early as tomorrow. But I want to know, what is the likelihood of the judge being removed from this case as a whole? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I don't
6: think that that is, uh, I don't think that is a likelihood because there would have to be, you know, that's a, that's a really, um, you know, that's like a, that's a really significant remedy. And, you know, usually the court, they try and Avoid getting too close to those lines. You know, we saw yesterday the defense made a motion for a mistrial. That's another pretty extreme remedy that you know it's not likely to to actually happen. Um, The judge did say when he was ending today, uh, everybody's done for the weekend, and we're not going to come back for you know closing and those kinds of things until Monday. But um, you know, I think really where this is not going to do much good for, uh, you know, the prosecution, which seems to be at a disadvantage by a lot of the judges' rulings. You know, they seem to be on the losing end of a lot of mm. the decisions that he's made. Um, and so this is not going to help them. But I think more of the scrutiny of this judge is is going to come after the fact. I mean, just the other thing that I would point out is, uh, you know, these judges, especially at the local trial level, you know... Judicial elections go pretty uncontested. You know, I know in Chicago where I'm based, you know, judges are on the bench for years, even if there are, you know, questions about their behavior, mm-hmm. because it's just one of those elections that a lot of times voters kind of, you know, don't pay close attention that to until there's a problem. Yeah, it's a down ballot vote.
1: Yeah, yeah, but this could uh, impact things at a national level, too. Do you think that there's more pressure because of that? Because this is such a huge trial?
6: Well, the judge um, had early in the trial, you know, really bristled at, you know, some of the reporting in the news media about, you know, other cases that he's uh, presided over that had had been reversed. And, you know, this judge, no judge ever wants to be overturned at a later court. So, you know, he seems really... Uh, Sensitive to that, and and it does seem like you know most of the decisions that he's making. I don't have the legal expertise to say if he is staying within the bounds, but based on you know some of the judge's reactions, um, he seems to have a, a good motivation to not get not get too clever and not get too close to the line, um, so that any of his decisions would get uh, you know would get reversed later on. And and if they do, they're only going to benefit written house because if he is acquitted there's no redo for the prosecutors but if he's convicted you know the defense can come back they can file an appeal and they can cite some of those uh, decisions by the judge as, as potential reasons.
1: Okay well uh, that was Kim Belware national reporter at The Washington Post. thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Well next up from supply chain issues and labor shortages the truth around rising costs and what what you can do for the holidays that will be crazy. that's next.
7: Let's go
1: there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, things are getting more expensive. Everyone, are you ready? No, I didn't think so. get
2: so. more expensive? Hell yeah. no! <laughs> I feel like I went to um, I went to Target yesterday, and I just bought like a couple candles. Oh. I bought a couple snacks, and it was like. I don't know. It was like I feel like a thousand dollars.
3: For for me, <laughs> I've noticed that like and I've I've told Ryan this like weeks ago. Like the first few times I started going out like post lockdown, mm-hmm. like this year, like a vodka soda's like they're like, that'll be seventeen thirty eight. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a meal. And I'm like uh, It is a meal. What?
2: It's expensive at this time. And point. we don't even
3: have to talk about gas prices in Southern yeah. California. I, My goodness. Five
2: dollars a pop, I
3: My got goodness. a
1: salad and like I noticed that they're not filling the bowl as
3: much. But the price is the same. Or yeah, yeah, or more. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what is going on?
1: On. Richard Fowler is back with us, Fox News contributor and economics expert. Thanks for being here again.
8: Hello, hello, hello. How are you both? How are you? And, uh,
1: We're and, all. And, it's uh, Char. <laughs> It's Ryan Star, and me.
8: Ryan, Shearer,
3: and everybody yes. listening. We met, met one time, Richard, two years ago in West Hollywood. I was with Ryan. He knows. Okay. I remember. <laughs> <All> I
9: remember. <laughs> all right, I remember. All right. I don't you were at the both. bar
3: of the nice restaurant.
2: See, so you know I wasn't
3: going to tell his business. I wasn't going to tell his business. You trying <laughs> to my business out there. Like, I'm like,
2: business out there trying to see. Don't I do <laughs> okay, I'm going to go say it for you. So.
1: Getting things back on track. Yeah. The American Farm Bureau is saying food prices are higher than they've been in 20 years. This is crazy, especially with the holidays coming up. You're in this space. Like, have you seen anything like this? What's going on?
8: Oh, listen, of course. Prices of the rent is too damn high. Let's just face the facts. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I think you see it everywhere. I think you see it with the price of bacon, which is what I've been watching. Mm-hmm. You see it with the price of milk. You see it with the price of, uh, of automobiles, batteries, mm-hmm. groceries. And, and And I think before we get into what it is, I think it's important to remember why we're here. So there's been a lot of blaming and shaming and finger pointing going on. Mm-hmm. But let me just remind everybody that we just got through a global pandemic. Uh, and during that global pandemic, what happened was in parts of asia and and where we get a lot of our the, the goods and services that we lot, that we we appreciate, those factories shut down for one or two months. And when those mm-hmm. factories shut down, what also happened at the same time, is that Americans and Europeans were locked in our homes so we weren't going to malls, baseball games, movie theaters, things that we weren't spending money out until so we started to spend money on the internet. Amazon, Amazon.com, Amazon Prime for those some of those folks that know who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Some people went to Best Buy. Some people went to Bloomingdale's, Macy's, y'all were spending money on the internet. And so that increased the demand for goods while at the same time those factories that make those goods were closed. So when those factories reopened, guess what happened? They had orders that they already had from the past two months, and new orders from Americans buying more and more goods and services. This has resulted in a backup at all of the major ports throughout the United States, including the Port of L.A and the Port of Long Beach. This backup is the reason why we have such a high, why we see such high prices all across the
2: board. Okay, so then that puts us in a position where, you know, the Biden administration just had a, 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 I feel like would be considered a big win for this administration. Mm-hmm. Well, there it seems like, okay, you take five steps and you get knocked back three more and this is where we're at currently. So how are are they working on this? Do we see them, you know, recognizing the situation? Because this is going just to remind the American people that the Biden administration has yet another obstacle to face. Yep. Look, I'll be
8: honest with everybody listening. At the beginning of this crisis, when we started to see prices go up around April and May, the Biden administration was very quiet. They weren't very active. They didn't seem very responsive to the American people, which is the sort of angst you feel as to why, like, where is our leaders? Why aren't they paying any attention? Right? So that was happening on one side. And then as these prices continued to stick up just a couple of weeks ago, what the Biden administration announces that now all of the major ports in this country, including the port of Long Beach and L.A., are now operating 24 hours a day. That's one step to slowly getting more supply out there to deal with the increase in demand. The other problem that we have, right, this is what happens during a global pandemic where the, whole, where the light switch for the entire global economy gets shut off, is we have a shortage of truck drivers, right, because there's a lot of folks not driving trucks, the industries has lost many workers, there is issues with their wages, so getting, once these goods get into Long Beach, they get into L.A. or they get into Houston or they get into Virginia Beach, they don't have the trucks to move them to where you might live in Palm Springs, California, or whether you live in San Jose, California, moving the goods to those places. So what this infrastructure bill that the president just passed will do, it's going to take some time. It will get more people in trucking. It'll also improve many of our ports. Some of our ports that haven't been updated in three, four, five decades, but so we have 2021 goods coming in on 1984. Just think about that for a second. Wow. Right? And so this is all impacting the price that you're seeing at the pump, the price yeah. you're seeing at the grocery store, the price you're seeing at the internet. It's going to take some time for these prices to go down. So we're going to be paying a little bit of money for quite a bit of time, but it's worth pointing out that the rest of the globe is also feeling this. Just last month, the United Kingdom, our neighbors across the pond, they had gas stations with no gas because they have a shortage of truck drivers and they have a shortage of fuel or gas coming into the country.
1: But yeah, I just wish that it would. If this happens, like it would across the board, other prices would go up, or like your bill—not uh, your bills, but they do go up. But how I much your are being we paid? Need, we need the yeah. Like I feel like up. there should be a <laughs> trigger where if these things go up, that goes up automatically. In yeah, a way,
3: yeah. Especially because a lot of us are, you know, isn't the average American doesn't even have four hundred dollars
2: in their savings account? You would, you're like saying that like the world is going to be like a utopia or something. That's I'm never just
1: going saying to it's practical. And so when, when the, what
9: Richard?
8: And What I would say to you, share is mm-hmm. what the White House is saying to the American people. Now I will acknowledge they're not doing the best job of it, and they should be louder and talking to more folks. As you come visit you guys on. You know what's happening with Sharon Ryan as you come talk to y'all and talk to your audience. Right. But what tra- what, the they, what they are saying is when, we, with, when, they, when, they, when the Congress passed Bill Back Better, some of the prices that we are seeing increasing will go down. Pri- primary among them is the cost of childcare. There's far too many families out here who are spending 20 or 30 or 40% of their income on daycare, the cost of prescription drugs. We all know folks in our life and in our community that are struggling to get their insulin because ins- the process of insulin has become just so high. If this bill passes, some of these prices through regulation will be lowered, right. which will have an impact on the American people directly.
1: Okay, well, that was Richard Fowler, Fox News contributor. Thanks, as always. Love having you on.
8: Uh, appreciate y'all.
1: Yeah, have a appreciate great day. Next up, criminals are getting creative using Zelle. What to look out for? That's next. Let's go there with
7: Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yeah,
1: it's Ryan and me, Shira. Shara is in the
2: studio. It's actually with Ryan that. and I. Grammatically, it's Ryan and I. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's Canada's way of
2: saying it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what, what's the Canada thing? Oy
3: vey.
2: Oy vey uh, uh, is, is uh, Yiddish. Oh.
1: Well, but what was the Canada thing? Hey. A. A. Okay, Shar, well, you found the story.
3: Yes, and I found it very, very interesting. Everybody stay on high alert.
9: What? You know, we've
3: seen scams before when it comes to money programs and transfers. We've seen scams scams pop up with PayPal. We've mm-hmm. seen scams pop up with Cash App. And now, one of the most secure ones, Zelle Is possibly under fire now um, which is
2: all through your bank too which is even worse all through your bank so i was
3: doing some reading around and i came across three examples so please be mindful this holiday season so this one woman of illinois her name is demi woods she lost out on 3500 dollars after getting a call from who she thought was her bank she said it was really really weird they they had her name her birth date and her account number how old is she It does
2: not say. I feel like that also is that is a huge part in because if she's elderly, it's like that is elderly folks are how often to get more. Her name
3: is Demi Woods. I don't think she's elderly. She's gonna get old one day. Yeah. Yeah, but her name isn't Shirley Woods. It's,
2: it's, <laughs> oh, but Debbie Woods could still be an Oprah today. name.
3: Well, they they called and she's even said that Bank of America showed up on the caller ID and they had her name, oh, her birthdate wow. and her account number. Now, um, the scammer told her that there were thousands of dollars in so-called fraudulent withdrawals from her Zelle. And so they said they she she goes on to say they even said over the phone, whatever code you get, we're not going to ask you for it. So don't tell us the code. Right. So what she ended up doing, they had her sell herself the money. And the craziest, well, the scariest thing about uh-huh. this is she said when she did, there was like a glitch in the app that took her to some bank she'd never heard of. And she was just out of thirty five hundred dollars. Oh, <sighs>
9: My, well, child,
2: my bank account would have declined immediately if she, they tried I mean, to take out they would have said insufficient funds yeah, right <laughs> yeah <laughs> the FBI
3: warns that criminals are using this trick to create a false sense of security now the second one I have been victim of but I've never clicked on the link I've gotten random text messages yeah. like oh my, the text wanna, messages are bad do you want
2: to know we know someone who actually has clicked a link before really yeah we not do. on text um, they've clicked a link uh, but it was a Facebook link in their whole company <laughs> Facebook whole company Facebook went into straight up porn.
1: <laughs> that happened to me. <laughs> they were like, and, and they hit me up. They're like, we'll make you 5000 a week on okay. Facebook. You, I'm like, the, really? Okay, let me get through this because
3: you kind of deserve that. The second one, like I said, people, please be aware of your emails and your text messages. One time I got a text message about two months ago that said, hey, there's been too many uh, login attempts on your, you know, bank account. Click this link to to clarify, and I didn't because I mean, I'm a millennial and I know better. And the third attempt to prevent hacked withdrawals is to have a strong, unique banking password and use uh, two-factor like everybody knows that. But I think the most alarming one for me is the first example of this girl who Zeled this money to herself, and it was like yeah. a scam. Like, what type of software did she have
2: on her phone? Well, why would she ever zel money to herself when the money's yeah, already there? That was she was just dumb. So yeah, you know, this. So is honestly, thing. when you're just dumb, things happen. Yeah. So don't click anything
1: that you get texted or even an email. If something com- but, comes up, log into your account
3: to see and or call, physically or, go to the bank. Yeah,
1: or call directly. Like, go to the the
3: number you have on your card. or You know what I mean? I should mention. Directly. I should mention that the person Ryan. Told her that if she zelled the money to herself, it would uh cancel the alleged fraudulent transactions.
2: So, so that's she why she did know, it. That it even still make sounds
3: sense. dumb. Yeah, well, they had her name. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. The caller ID had her banking info. What's her name? Demi Woods. Demi Woods. They had she her, needs to change her name they because they had her name,
2: her birth date, and her account number. I mean. If I ever meet a Demi Woods, I'm going to be like, girl, now I hope you got your uh, bank account situated. It's a cute name. It also, is actually a cute please, name, like a baby name.
3: Just please be on high alert this holiday season because people are getting more mm. and more clever.
2: Oh, no, they really are. If they were still out here stealing PPP loans, they're, they will steal money from you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, well, next up, Oklahoma is coming after non-binary birth certificates. More details on that and more next on What's turning This Hour. Let's go there
7: with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
1: Welcome back to the show and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Also coming up, another actor shares a recent home robbery attempt. Really scary. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Yo,
2: the black is hot.
1: Yeah. Plus, why your anxiety happens at the same time every day. What to do about that in 30 minutes. Before we get into some what's trending this hour... We want to let you in on an upcoming show happening right here in California. Randy Rainbow is a three-time Emmy-nominated American comedian, producer, actor, singer, writer. I mean, uh, basically, he does a lot. (laughs) And he's known for his popular YouTube series, The Randy Rainbow Show. He has a show that sold out Saturday, November 13th. Sunday, November 14th was added by demand. We are giving away a pair of tickets to the first caller today in the 5 p.m. hour, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern hour. All you have to do is call 833-77-CALL-Q. That's 833-772-2557. We hope to hear from you. We're excited. May the what's the odds be in your favor.
9: Emma,
1: in ever. ever. Okay. There you go. First, uh, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. The governor of Oklahoma has ordered the state to stop issuing birth certificates with a non-binary gender marker. Just weeks after he said that he found out that the state recognized non-binary people, a senior state official resigned as well. Last month, Governor Kevin Stitt uh, Stitt found out that the Oklahoma State Department of Health issued a birth certificate with a non-binary gender marker to Kit Lorelide, a non-binary person born in Oklahoma who is now living in Oregon, and of course now he's freaking out I mean
3: none of this surprises me you know I, I attended undergrad in Oklahoma and Oklahoma's very Bible Belt Belt, very extreme to the right red. and you know Stitt has quite the rap sheet so this does not uh, surprise me I was there when Governor Mary Fallon mm. was in place and she didn't greet President Obama when he landed in Oklahoma Yikes. which is customary you know you're the governor and she did not she totally disrespected Obama that's something I remember from undergrad
1: alright Well, another concert goer died Wednesday night after she was injured during a crowd surge last week at Travis Scott's sold-out Astroworld Music Festival in Houston. It brings the concert's total death count to
3: nine. This is terrible. This story just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I've seen that Live Nation, Astroworld, and Travis Scott have like 40-something, a culmination of about 40-something lawsuits. Uh, stacked up against them so yeah this is getting wild
1: Uh, Bardi Shahani uh, is 22 was a student at Texas A&M University and had attended the concert with her cousin and her younger sister she was on a ventilator in critical condition in the days after she was injured at Scott's concert and unfortunately has not made it so just really sad stuff coming out of that Uh, yeah I really hope we can learn something from this but it's really unfortunate it had to happen this way
3: And that was some What's Trending This Hour,
1: What's Happening in Entertainment News, Shar? Well, Shira and Ryan,
3: are you all familiar with Terrence J.? He's a host and an yes, actor. Yes,
2: yes. You he's know, he's delicious looking.
3: Yeah, he's, he's also he's a mega sci fi from North Carolina AT, I believe. But anyway, he hosted on E News. He How was, was on 106 in Park. Out. He was on MTV for a little bit. But anyway, a few days ago, Wednesday morning, I woke up and the news mm-hmm. just kept running this story about a, an armed robbery, attempted robbery in Sherman Oaks. And I'm like, is it a slow news day? You all are really, really driving traffic on this. Turns out Terrence J was the victim. Oh. Now, um, authorities say a group of armed suspects followed him to his home in Sherman Oaks and tried to rob him and then shot at his car as he sped away. Oh, my God. He's okay, though. KABC, which is our ABC affiliate here in Los Angeles, reports that the incident happened around 3 a.m. on Wednesday. Four suspects followed him to his home on Vista Street. There, he was confronted with the robbery attempt. And like I said, one suspect had a gun. He managed to flee in his car but was chased by the would-be robbers. One opened fire on Park Street and Sepulveda Boulevard. No one was injured thankfully, but he managed to flag down a California Highway Patrol officer to report the incident. Now, if you all have not been paying attention, there has been an uptick in celebrities and notables being robbed. I mean, it was just like a week or so ago that Dorit Kemsley of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills had an in-home invasion when her kids were there. It's just been, the block is really, really hot in L.A., and I feel like this is a direct symptom of as we emerge out of the pandemic, people are flaunting wealth. We just did a segment earlier with Richard Fowler from Fox News about the inflation on everything and you know people are desperate people are desperate desperate times doing... comes
1: for de- come for desperate measures yeah right? and
3: I'm j- I'm just glad that both Dorit and Terrence J are okay but it's yeah. it's really you know keep a watchful eye and stop flaunting your stuff and I'm not saying Terrence was flaunting anything but I think because he's a recognizable like I said he's an actor he was in Think Like a Man both movies uh, Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man Too, and he's a host people know him
2: my thing is stop living in these neighborhoods and not locking your door that's probably no, a lot of the Well, followed be. him home. No, we fall, but you're but at I 3 a.m. You're you getting followed home at 3 a.m. You just never know. And this that's is crazy. Sherman Oaks. This
3: isn't, you know. But
2: that don't mean it. People in Sherman Oaks, clearly, you're, you can get, you know, you can get. I mean, it could happen anywhere.
3: But, I mean, Dorit was in Encino. He's in Sherman Oaks. These are thought to be, be, quote unquote, safe neighborhoods. So it's not like he put himself in a dangerous, you know, position. Mm -hmm. But I certainly would move as well or get better security because there's tons of celebrities that live in Sherman Oaks.
1: That'd be traumatizing. I don't think if that ever happened, I'd be able to stay in that same place. Oh, no. No, not at all. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, thank you, Shara, for that. Uh, But coming up, we have one of the lawyers who helped win marriage equality joining us to talk about why we shouldn't take it for granted and why the GOP can take it away. That's next.
8: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours...
1: Let's go there With Shira and Ryan Channel Q Our next guest in 2016 Published an op-ed Saying Trump and LGBTQ rights Your worst nightmare Is unlikely to come true Uh, And now He has An article on Salon.com That says I was one of the lawyers Who helped win marriage equality And yes The GOP can take it away Right now Yeah Joining us on Let's go there Is Dan Cannon A civil rights lawyer Educator and writer Thanks for joining us
5: Hi, hey folks. How are you?
1: Um, we are, you know, great. But obviously, a headline like yours is very concerning. And, you know, thank you for the work that you've done over the years. I mean, you are an icon and has you've created history for, you know, the world in this community. But why is this that this is still something that is uh, so fragile?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, you know, um, if you look at what's happening with reproductive rights right now, um, you can sort of see the roadmap. I mean, you can kind of kind of peer into the future of what's likely to happen on a lot of different fronts. And it's something that, that I didn't see coming in 2016. You know, lawyers, civil rights lawyers like me have been sounding the alarm on the, the federal judiciary for a long time since the George W. Bush era. Right. You know, we know that federal judges, generally speaking, are terrible. And, uh, you know, uh, the courts have been packed with these folks that are making awful decisions on Uh, particularly in the areas of civil rights and criminal justice and everything else. Um, But, you know, we thought at the time, I thought at the time, you know, that, that Trump was elected, that it was unlikely that the judiciary would get so bad that they would just let red state legislatures sort of run wild and do whatever they wanted to do at that time, you know, we were still litigating cases like the Kim Davis case, Mm. um, which, you know, if you, I'm sure your listeners will remember is the clerk in Kentucky that refused to issue marriage licenses. Well, you know, at that time in 2015, 2016, right after Obergefell, right after the marriage equality case um, opinion by the Supreme court, you know, federal judges in the lower courts were like, no, we can't, we can't let individual County clerks decide what the law is. And, you know, we have to do something about this and we have to stand in the way of, you know, um, uh, individual clerks and red state state legislatures and, you know, other folks that would just uh, just as soon walk all over LGBTQ rights and all all kinds of other rights. And so they were actively working to stop, you know, these terrible bills like you've got in Texas, SB 8. Um, and, you know, Kim Davis and and all kinds of other terrible things that that the GOP was trying to do at that time. Uh, Well, you know, fast forward five years, and and the judiciary is packed with even worse judges um, that really just don't care about anything, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, So, you know, you run into a situation where uh, Texas has been trying for, you know, years and years to implement the worst of the worst abortion bills. And they finally, you know, implement SB-8, which is you know, allows private citizens to become bounty hunters for anybody that's seeking an abortion, and bans abortion after six weeks. And, you know, the courts have been shooting those down for years. And, and finally, there's enough, you know, these Trump judges in place to say, ah, let's just let this one go into effect and see what happens. Well, there's no reason to think that, that that can't happen with marriage or a whole host of other civil rights, you know? And and if that, and if that happens, it becomes precisely the scenario that we were, you know, sort of scaring the courts with with Kim Davis. It's like, well, you know, you have what if what happens if a governor of a state? Right, says, "Listen, right. We're just not going to recognize marriage equality anymore.
3: It can happen. Um, and I'm and I'm yeah. so and I'm so, so glad that you brought up reproductive rights, because I feel like I'm always yelling at the top of my lungs about how, like, Interlocking systems of oppression are inextricably linked. Like you can't think you're safe, like, you know, Shira, we've talked about this. I've talked to certain people like, well, if your man is homophobic, he most likely is misogynistic as mm-hmm. well. Like it's mm-hmm. all linked. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of the conversation, you know, all of this stuff, all of these conversations can seem so dismal. What can be done to ensure that uh that uh these rights for same sex unions and um and marriage equality aren't rolled back? Like, what can we do? Is there anything we can do? Like, what can be done?
5: Well, this is where I wish I had a great answer for you. I, I, I don't. I mean, I think the best I can tell you from my sphere of existence is that, you know, we can't rely on the courts to do it. Like We know that for sure, you know, and, uh, I, and I think that's where lawyers get stuck uh, and people that have sort of existed in, in you know, in, in civil rights movements, you know, since the 1960s, have sort of had this mentality of, all right, well, the courts will, will stop the worst things from happening. Well, we're not there anymore. We're not in that historical moment anymore. You know, um, and it's important that we recognize that. I think that's the first step towards uh, doing it. But I mean, you know, it's got, it. got it, top-down solutions are just not gonna work anymore, and, and we've gotta start working on ground up, you know, bottom up solutions. And, and and figuring out what we're going to do to organize and make things better. Uh, the courts are not going to fix it.
1: Definitely. That was civil rights lawyer, educator, and writer Dan Cannon. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for educating all of us. Lots of work to do still. Appreciate it.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: Now coming up, why your anxiety might happen at the same time every day and what to do to change that up, that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Do you ever notice that you're anxious at the same time every day? Well, What's that all about?
3: Yeah, I notice. And I also, now that I think about this question more, I also get anxious on Fridays.
1: Mm, Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm the opposite. So I want to (laughs) know, what's the story behind it? And we do have someone to ask uh, all of our, you know, ad- advice around. Dr. Saraji Wagage is a clinical psychologist and the co-founder and director of the Center for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Mindfulness. Thanks for joining us.
10: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, let's get right into it. What does our anxiety say depending on what time of day it is or when in the week say about us?
10: Honestly, we're all creatures of conditioning and Mm. we can get conditioned into almost anything and anxiety at a certain time each day or same day each week is no exception to that. Um, That usually happens because our brains are constantly making connections between things that Uh. then become patterns. So for example, say you always eat a bar of candy when you watch a movie. Pretty soon you're going to be craving chocolate anytime someone puts a movie on. And it's the same thing with anxiety. So it's possible that maybe something anxiety provoking happened or happens at that time of day. And now you get anxious at that time. And especially if it was something like a trauma, then any cues that we associate with that, like the time, the weather, can trigger that anxiety. Um, It can also actually happen that we start to get anxious when we're less busy or before Mm -hmm. or after work. That kind of explains the Friday effect. Mm -hmm. Um, That seems kind of counterintuitive, but it's almost like we don't have time to worry when our days are really packed, and then once our time starts to be unstructured, that's when we start to get the anxiety.
3: Yeah,
2: Um, drag me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really interesting, right? Because I think, you know, obviously this conversation is about it, it's happening and reoccurring at the same time every single day. But what if it just kind of happens randomly, like you're just never expecting it, and it just kind of, you know, it's like a wave of anxiety hits you? What do you do then?
10: Yeah, that's a really great question, Um, and that happens because anxiety can be triggered by things that are even, like, imperceptible, and then they kind of, it has a cascading effect. So, for example, we might pick up on something, like our heart's beating faster. We don't even notice that we're picking up on that, but then we have a thought, like, something's wrong with me, and then we start to feel scared, and our heart beats even faster, and we might start shaking a little bit. So, our thoughts get even more intense. So, that initial trigger there was something we didn't even notice, something uh-huh. really minor. But then the anxiety can kind of spiral from there. It can, yeah. Um, and and then can it amplify.
1: Yeah. It. You know, what? I said this to Ryan actually last week, like I felt anxiety was coming up and how quickly I started a story about where it was coming from. And I'm trying to get back to I mean, my therapist said this to like, just connect with the feeling instead of getting mm-hmm. in my brain about it, because you could spiral out from there sometimes instead of like feeling Oftentimes. it. And, and yeah. And, and then it becomes a bit more temporary.
10: Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of about observing that emotion, standing outside of it, looking at it from a bit of a distance rather than being inside of it. Right. And that alone usually starts to lessen the anxiety. So we're thinking about kind of making space for it rather than trying to push it away, trying to get rid of it, trying to struggle against it. Yes.
3: Feel your feels. And speaking of therapists, (laughs) I have definitely been working with mine on a lot of different like self-soothing techniques. That's something that's really, really big for me right now instead of being so codependent on others. Do you have any tips on how we can control um, our feelings of anxiousness? Because like mine always come at night. I was talking to my co-hosts in here. Some are morning, some are afternoon. For me, it's night and Mm -hmm. on Fridays. But you just kind of you've tapped into some stuff. So how can I cope?
10: (laughs) So I think starting by noticing the patterns, what's going on with the patterns is really important. Like what time of day it usually comes on, how high you would rate that anxiety, um, what kinds of thoughts and physical sensations you noticed when that anxiety was there, um, what you were doing, what you wanted to do, and then anything that might be relevant to the context. Like, did you have a bad night of sleep the night before? Mm. Did you have a stressful day? Did you drink coffee? <laughs> yeah. So, oh. kind of like understanding where it's coming from. And then, um, of course, mindfulness. I know we, we uh, mindfulness is a really big topic right now, but just building up that muscle of observing the emotion um, and noticing exactly what's going on when Here's, it's there.
2: But that's the thing. When you're in the midst of like an anxiety, uh, for lack of a better word, poop show, mm-hmm. um, that all those tips are easier said than done. So it's like, how do you kind of like get into it? Because I I mean, for me personally, if I'm like having like an anxiety moment, I I have all the resources where my therapist has taught me these tips and things and soothing mechanisms to do. Well, that's the hurdle. But yeah, it's like, how can (laughs) you, you know, get yourself, you know, how can you actually do it? Because I think a lot of times if you're, you're not thinking that way, you're not even remembering the tools half Mm. the times when you're in the midst of the storm.
10: Yeah, that's definitely true. And that's part of why starting to practice it when we're not anxious is so important. So even just something like when you're just sitting calmly, no anxiety, thinking like, what am I thinking right now? And recognizing your thoughts as thoughts rather than as facts can start to get us into the habit of standing outside of our experience and looking at our experience versus being inside of it. Because you're right, it's absolutely the most difficult when anxiety is really high, right? So if that's the only time we try to practice some of this, then it's going to be really hard to, to get to in that moment. So the more we kind of build that muscle, the more it's accessible in that moment to be able to say like, oh, my heart's beating faster right now.
3: Yes. I- oh,
10: I'm noticing that I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to have a horrible day tomorrow because I can't sleep. Right. So we're noticing that as as a thought, rather than being inside of that thought, if that makes sense.
3: I love that you have that to offer. I also have been doing this thing uh, for. This is for Ryan, who just kind of asked the question. Like you point out five things that you notice in the room. That
2: yeah, snaps it gets you out. You of out of it. It's a shift. That's actually yeah, one of the, that's actually one of the tools that I was. You thought, it
3: snaps yeah. you out of it. Like this is a yeah. yellow microphone. This is a and you're. It's, you I know it's it helped your focus. me. And breath work. Yeah. I've all been right. working, yeah. I've been working.
1: Look at this, <laughs> look at this, we're all in therapy. All right, that was Dr. Saraji Wagage, Wagage, sorry, clinical psychologist and the co-founder and director of the Center for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Mindfulness. Love what you're doing, by the way, and you can actually make an appointment to get help there on their site. Go check it out. Thank you so much.
10: Thank you so much.
1: Well, next up, the high of becoming TikTok famous is killing millennials and Gen Zs. We'll talk more about that Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, the New York Post posted an article called The Hive Becoming TikTok Famous is Killing Millennials and Gen Zers. And so this is... A lot is, of them are dying. Yeah. Not even a lot of you. It is It is wild because, one, the stunts that people do to get views could cost them their lives. I mean, people are getting hurt, whether it's the milk crate challenge or even people just creating their own things, right, just to get attention.
3: Yeah, I uh, wish I could remember the TikToker's name, but there was a black guy who's like 19 who incited a police chase in yeah. his car.
2: And I'm like, how? Oh, was that a recent story? Yeah, I just saw and he was that. arrested. And I'm like, how tone deaf
3: can you as a black American, why would you yeah. incite a police chase? Are you all Saying that, that can do thirsty?
9: This
1: yeah. 12-year-old was initially left brain dead from the TikTok blackout challenge, which dares people to choke themselves until they pass out. Oh, this reminds me
2: of the Tide Pod situation yeah. where people were eating on the Tide Pods, you know, drinking bleach. I feel like no matter what, and no matter who, what generation is present, There's always going to be this moment of people doing stupid stuff from licking toilet seats to just doing the grossest asinine things. But wouldn't you
3: argue that even with, like, we're all millennials in here, Mm -hmm. there was a chase, I feel like, to... garner fame i feel like it's a bit more amplified now because we didn't have tiktok we yeah. didn't have instagram video well you know we had and and, and now yeah. being an influencer is very lucrative when we first got on these things totally. instagram like i mean it's not instagram influencers were still kind of f- f- you know feeling I know. There it was out a
2: for youtube that changed everything
1: well no even before that it was jackass Um, And um, what's it called? Pranked? Punked. Punked. The (laughs) only difference. Pranked, pranked, something like that. (laughs) With Ashton Kutcher. I mean, so MTV, I feel, really popularized it. And then that but like, Jackass affected, inspired a lot of these talent on YouTube.
3: Jackass affected one specific demographic. This new tic tac talk thing is affecting I'm everyone. A I, uh, <laughs> no,
2: here's the thing. I I think it's it is really interesting to think about that and how, yes, if you are a millennial, you got to experience the the moment before techn- uh, technology kind of surged in yeah. ways and social media came into play. But I, I do think there was always those moments from the the cinnamon challenge. Yes. Um, you know the 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 ice bucket ALS challenge. Ice bucket All of, challenge, of these things yeah. were always there, um, well, especially we, when webcams and cameras became a huge thing.
3: Would you say mm-hmm. that they're more dangerous now?
2: No, they have most well, you're, definitely yeah, increased, you're leveling but they're always up, were But kind they've always crazy. your point is that
3: they, we've yeah, always they were, had crazy yeah, stuff. I, but yeah. I think
2: when it, with that comes, it's only going to get more intense, more intense because the stakes yep. are higher. Exactly. Yep. You want to do something new, no one has done before. People get bored so about it. I mean, people were sniffing uh, cinnamon like it was coke.
3: Oh yeah, and I'm reading about right now about an 18-year-old named uh, Timothy Isaiah Hall, who is was known for 273,000 followers. His name was at Timbo the Redneck, and he died on July 31st while attempting <gasps> Not two a... two days after my birthday. While attempting a fishtailing stunt to impress his online audience. And what happened was he wasn't buckled up. So he was thrown from the vehicle. <sighs> and then the, the vehicle, the 4,000... Pound plus pickup named Big Booty Judy. <laughs> what that's what he, that's yeah. what he named it. That's what he named it. It toppled on top of him, crushing his internal but organs. my thing is, we have he, to really—that's how he died.
2: When you, we're hearing all these conversations that Republicans love to throw in, and where they're talking either about how you know uh-huh, being cool, in well, yeah. a Republican. No, I'm, because, no in here. I'm about to connect okay, and if I here? can finish my thought. Uh-huh. Um, I think what's interesting is we always hear Republicans when they're talking about things on the internet, they're saying we're protecting our kids. We're protecting our mm-hmm. kids. And it's always when it comes to sexuality. It's always when it comes to everything else yep. but things that are actually killing yep. our kids. Oh yeah. So yep. well, like guns. I, I think where's that. exactly. So when I'm thinking of yep. where are they now? This is the one time I want them to actually well, perk up and say something when it's not connected to, to uh, Facebook. They're, they're too yeah. busy and, and having those
3: moments. They're too busy denying January 6th and stripping <laughs> trans people so, of our yeah, rights. That's exactly. how
1: they're in it because they're not I'm in it it's, it's like when it's political <laughs> when it's about them, yeah. Right. But if it's it's like they're oh. uh, at arm's length from all this. The stuff. The last
3: time Republicans were upset at TikTok was when uh, the TikTok kids duped the Trump rally <laughs> yes. in Oklahoma yes. and yes. got all the tickets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh. Priority. But this is terrible. I wonder where where we'll hit like the bubble with this. Like, when is the? What do you all mm. think will be like the breaking point? I
2: hope nothing tragic. It will have really, to be. I well, you know, here's changed. the thing. Well, I feel I think like tragic things that happen and well, never
3: changed anything. The, <laughs>
1: The True. breaking point, I feel, and we have to wrap on YouTube, was when Logan Paul went to the Suicide Forest. I feel like that was like, okay, this is oh, going too yeah. far, like to show something really outside the box, right? For
3: so, views. so like, you think it's gonna have to take something tragic or that outrageous yeah. for TikTok? But that's to... the thing,
2: even that wasn't outrageous. But the hey, thing well, is, this is becoming so it... common
9: that it doesn't. But didn't feel he show that a body? Outrageous. I don't follow Logan did, Paul, but he did.
2: He did show a body. Exactly. But my thing is. Even now, which is why I always talk about when I think about cancer culture, how it doesn't really ever actually exist. That stuff doesn't even phase people at this point.
9: Yeah, we we're move, getting and, more and faze,
2: desensitized. And, yeah, and phase people in the moment. Yeah. People were all going crazy about it. But now, it's like the more we get used to these things and understand that people are just going to be doing kind of crazy stuff on the internet and it, it can result in an emergency situation. It's just it, like, what's yeah. going to be the breaking point? It's normalized. Who knows? I don't know.
3: Well, well, according to this New York Post article, there's been an in- alarming increase in deaths by suicide, too, raked raked up amongst 20-somethings, wow. despite millions of followers and lucre- lucrative digital, quote-unquote, clout.
1: Which so, is why I think the focus gets to be for all these platforms on mental health and, like, really taking They're not going to do that.
3: We're no. in one big episode of Black Mirror. They
1: should be paying for <laughs> all of our therapy. Okay, well, next up, the interesting study that shows what happens to your brain when you spend more time with your dad. That's
3: nice. Oh, God. Triggered.
1: <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, we are back. And, of course, more music coming up here on Channel Q, always 24-7. But we've also got some talk shows like this one. So, oh. yes, we're going to be uh, getting into whether people are more keen to uh, support someone's work based on how attractive they find them because we did some polls online and we've got the numbers. I don't know. It's interesting. It says a lot about who we are. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, plus, an Olympic gold medalist is opening up about being pepper sprayed. That's in the tier report in a moment. But first, we want to remind you about a really awesome show coming up Saturday, November 13th, which is sold out, though. Saturday, November 14th was added by demand. Randy Rainbow A three-time Emmy-nominated American comedian, producer, actor, YouTube star, multi-hyphenate, you know, from the Randy Rainbow Show. He is performing right here in California in Los Angeles. And guess what? While it's hard to get tickets, we are giving you a pair of them. All you have to do is uh, go to our website, wearechannelq.com slash listen. That is wearechannelq.com slash listen to win a pair of tickets for the Randy Rainbow Show coming up this weekend. And right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Travis Scott says he is offering one free month of therapy to all Astro World users via BetterHelp. And this caused a wave of backlash. And here's what the therapy app and some of its users have to say about the partnership. Well, BetterHelp is saying that the therapy is being paid for by Scott's youth foundation, Cactus Jack. It clarifies that Scott will not profit from the partnership. It also denies that it offers poor care or sells user data for profit.
3: I didn't even know that uh, Travis Scott had a youth foundation, and I want to know the story behind Cactus Jack. Almost <laughs> sounds like that's like you know, is that Chuck E. Cheese's cousin? Like it just sounds like. But you know what? So at first, when I when you read this, Sheer, I was thinking like one month—that's four weeks. What can that do for people? Yeah. However. When I think about this, and because it's coming out of pocket, and he's offering it to every attendee, how many people? That's oh, it was a lot. Because fifteen thousand didn't, didn't they open up like the floodgates for more people to come 50, in? Fifty thousand more people. Fifty thousand,
2: yeah, yeah. That that surge So it in. was already a ton of people there. Right. And more people came when they broke down the. Someone,
3: someone, make the math. So get it to might math. So
2: one 100,
1: fifty. Let's do average one hundred fifty per yeah. hour for therapy times four six hundred times fifty thousand or more.
3: It was over 50,000 people. So let's
1: say 75,000. Okay. Sure. It equals, yeah, that is uh, four, five, and many zeros. So is that 4.5 million? Oh. Or is that 450,000?
2: Well, my thing is, I think the the thing is, yeah, this is great. Yeah, sure. That's a million. When this news first (laughs) broke, it was... Why is he focused on doing partnerships right now? The optics of it doesn't really sound good because with partnerships comes like a pay. But BetterHelp
3: said he's not benefiting financially.
2: Yeah, he just needed to go go with someone. Liked it. The the online reaction was that they felt like it was like tone deaf for him. It's
1: almost like just do it behind the scenes, and if BetterHelp wants to or. If he mentions it in, like, a tweet, just a casual tweet, like, hey, just as a FYI, we are going to be offering therapy to people via BetterHelp than my foundation paid for. Mm-hmm. Like, it just was It was done more, yeah, it feels like in a probably oh, Well, I didn't way, see the maybe. initial
3: announcement yeah, that threw people yeah. into a tizzy, anyway. so.
2: Yeah, this came out of, uh,
3: Yeah few Early days ago. Week,
1: yeah. But now they are responding. Okay, now uh, let's talk about this study that came out. Scientists from the University of Essex scanned the brains of 50 fathers. So I'd said it uh, It was the impact of the study on the kids. G- kids. It's actually the dad. Sorry.
3: Yeah, I anyway. noticed that.
1: <laughs> fathers uh, filled in questionnaires on uh, how much they enjoyed time with their kids. Results showed that men who enjoyed time with kids had larger hypothalamuses. This is an... Or I don't know. This is an almond-sized region of the brain that plays a key role in attachment. It remains unclear whether the hypothalamus increases in size in response to time with kids or whether some
3: men are born with a larger volume, which is really fascinating. Yeah, that is. Because if you're born with a bigger hypoth- hypothalamus, does that mean that you have more of a a capacity to love and actually show up for your, for your yeah. kids? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: if, it's almost like if you knew you didn't, it might give you some information. Another, like, yet another or, excuse
3: to be a deadbeat. No, beat. well,
1: hopefully not. Hopefully it'd be like, okay, this is what you need to work on. Right. Yeah, but, but yeah. May, whether you know that excuse. or not,
3: you know what you need to work on. You Ex- brought new yeah, life into true. the world. It's true. It is on you to establish an emotional connection and to financially support and emotionally support. Hey. I'm sorry. Yep. Dads need to do better. A lot of dads. And there's some moms parents. too. But dads need to do better. We yeah. have parents just in general. But yeah. I just, I'm speaking from my frame of reference. Maybe I'm triggered and talking into the mic. a lot of people the are <laughs> with
1: this. Okay. That was what's turning this hour. What's happening in entertainment? Most Please, right? definitely
2: triggered. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so let's <laughs> talk about Sonny Lee. Or is it Suni Lee? I Suni think it's Suni. Suni Lee. Yes, yeah, I thought. Okay, so Suni Lee is recounting a racist attack that uh, she recently experienced during a night out with friends. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So the 18-year-old uh, Olympic gold medalist and first ever among American Olympic gym- uh, gymnasts told Pop Sugar that the incident occurred one week before her interview that she actually had with them. Um, which was published this week on Wednesday. Uh, She said at the end of the night, Lee and her group of girlfriends who are all Asian have been waiting for their Uber when people in a passing car began yelling racist slurs at them. Mm -hmm. The passengers told women to, quote, go back to where they came from and someone inside the car sprayed Lee's arm with pepper spray. So I guess they missed where yeah. they were aiming. It still probably burned though. E- exactly, and frozen in the moment, um, Sunny said, I was so mad, but there was nothing I could do or control because they skirted off. Yeah. Um, I didn't do anything to them, and having the reputation, it's so hard because I, I didn't want to do anything that could get me into trouble. I just let it happen.
3: Yeah, because unfortunately we know the way that this would have been spun had she retaliated and tapped them, it would have been, it wouldn't have been uh, a, a focus on her reaction to their exactly. action, if she would have been demonized. I feel yeah. like we, we've seen this play out a million and one times before, but that is disgusting. Yeah, and I'm sorry that she encountered that. When will this end?
2: When, when will this end? Yeah, and of <laughs> course, you know, she's competing currently on Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, And she's been very open, of course, as a lot of people um, just speaking about our mental health and being transparent about just needing a break um, and so yeah wow I can't believe that happened that is absolutely insane that's your tea report if you want to find out more about that head over to com, and uh, of course keep us followed on social media at LGT Show
1: okay well next up how to use crystals on 11.11 that's today to manifest your dreams oh,
2: I need to listen in
3: on this yeah we
1: got an astrologer joining us so get ready to get your astrology read next Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Of course, it's 11-11. You know, lucky numbers, lucky day. Supposedly, this is a great day to set intentions, manifest one of the last moments of the year. Although I do feel like you have every moment to ask you for do. What you want. You really. Do. Let's not limit ourselves. Uh, but we want to get into what the day means. Like why eleven eleven? When did it become a special day? Or what the numbers became mm-hmm. special? Nina Khan is back with us, a writer and astrologer, author of Astrology for Life, Joy of Hex, and Wander the Stars. Welcome back to the show. Hi, everybody. Happy 11-11. Yes. Happy 11-11. So tell us why this is a lucky day.
11: Well, a lot of people and I'm curious about your relationships to the number 1111 like do you make a wish if you catch it on the clock or I like do. take it as a lucky sign I, I actually do. that
2: is the one I thing do I do it. too because when I'm like looking I'm like oh if I catch it I need to not make a wish but like I don't know put something in the atmosphere just, I was, right? I yeah, was about to say you.
3: if I catch it I typically send up like a, a quick prayer of gratitude mm, I love
9: that I
3: think it reminds me to be present I don't think yeah. I've ever asked for anything at 1111 <laughs> well, I think you know, I love that there's
2: nothing wrong with asking there's <laughs> nothing wrong I'm just, now, close a, mouth, don't I'm just saying. I don't think I've ever sent
3: up a request at 1111. I've always just—it's been gratitude.
11: <laughs> hmm And gratitude is a very important part, I think, yeah. of setting intentions as well. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's just really interesting that people seem to think of 11 as this luckier or special number. And what's cool is that that's totally reflected in the numerology of the number 11 as well. So in numerology, 11 is a really special number because it's considered one of the master numbers, which are really powerful. And the themes it's associated with are really spiritual in nature. So it's related to spiritual awakenings, spiritual growth, enlightenment, and kind of just overall feeling connected or more plugged in to the sort of universal energy that's around us. So, on the 11th day of the 11th month of the year, which is today, we collectively experience a kind of double dose of this lucky and magical energy. And if we want to tap into it, we can use it as an excuse to get a little more spiritual or use it to manifest things we want. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. So, is this like a day um, today where you should, like, what, charge your crystals in the sky? (laughs) <laughs> this is or totally is.
11: a day for charging your crystals in the sky, and if you want to do something special, I recommend doing anything that nourishes your spirit yeah. and makes you feel wow. connected. So maybe that means, yeah, gathering up all your crystals and getting together with your witchy friends to do a big manifestation ritual in the moonlight or whatever. But it could also just be like doing a guided meditation at home mm-hmm. or saying a prayer or. Making a nice big gratitude list to really reflect on the abundance in your life and invite more of that energy into it. Whatever feels right to you, this energy is really about being spiritually connected and making time in your busy life to sort of carve out that energy for yourself.
3: Yeah, what's so strange about today, like, I feel great today, but it literally a year ago today was like the beginning. Well, not the beginning, but I feel like my mental health took a nosedive a year ago today. Like, I specifically remember 11-11 last year, and so I wonder what that meant for me, but nevertheless, I'm someone who, I have intention candles and, the, and my sage and my Palo Santo and my crystals, but I never really too much know what to do. I do charge them under the moon or whatever. Is Will there be anything special in the stars going on tonight or did that happen last night like what what is there anything i can look forward to as the sun sets yes
11: actually today is really special it's cool because 1111 isn't exactly an astrological concept but it seems like there are often aligned things happening in the stars so today the moon formed an alignment with planet jupiter and jupiter is the planet of good luck and abundance and spiritual growth so very 11 themes and this conjunction took place in the sign of aquarius which happens to be the 11th sign of the zodiac wow. which feels like a lot of synchronicity of course so i think it's a great it's a really special day to just embrace that and you know like you said a year ago this began this sort of started a difficult journey for you yes. it's a good day to reflect on yeah. all of the growth that's taken place in the past year mm-hmm. and really align yourself with you know what are the what are the energies that I feel connected with around me that are supporting me yeah. or that help me feel more aligned and help me feel more mm-hmm. grateful I think it's a really great time for that yeah. now when you're
2: looking at astrology should you look at astrology as it like being your 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 handbook of life like it tells you every it tells you what it tells you and you need to take that for word for word or is it up to oh, kind of no. interpretation like what does that really look like when it comes to astrology?
11: I think astrology is totally a tool. So it's like like anything else, it's a little mirror that we can look at and use it to reflect on what's happening in our own lives. So I don't believe the planets actually cause things to happen. I think it brings influences just like a lot of other things do. And it's just an interesting way to look at it and reflect on, okay, so what's happening in my life and how does that align with these planetary energies and zodiac sign energies that are taking place at the same time? And then kind of noting correlations. That's how the study of astrology came to be was just looking at the correlations between what was happening in people's lives Mm -hmm. and in current events and what was happening with the
3: planet? Wow! You know, this All isn't right. my first aha I've gotten on today's show because literally, when I was driving into work today, I was like, I feel unreasonably good. Like I even tweeted and I said, "There's no word to describe how good I feel today," good. which is in total juxtaposition to a year ago today. Take notice. So I'm, I'm sitting up here. I'm thinking. I'm going to be journaling tonight and yes. stuff. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, I'm
1: going to be doing
3: a little event,
1: and if anyone wants to go meditation and sound healing, go the, to the Bye. link in my bo- yeah. uh, in my bio at Shira Lazar. 7pm Pacific, 10pm Eastern Nina, I'll send it to you too if you're free on Zoom
11: Please send it, what a special night for something like that Yeah, Peace Inside Live is
1: hosting it There you go, Love little it. plug uh, Nina Khan, though is our guest, a writer and astrologer author of Astrology for Life, Joy of Hex and Wander the Stars, what's your Instagram again?
11: My Instagram is Valley Girl Mystic and if you want to check that out I'll be posting horoscopes for the day and a bunch more info on the spiritual meaning behind 1111.
9: Ooh,
1: love it. Well, thank All you right. again. Love having you here. Love being here. Happy 11-11, everybody. you. Well, next up, uh, the numbers are in. Do folks support others based on how attractive they are? We get into it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. And before we get into the numbers around our poll, we asked you, are you more keen to support someone's work based on how attractive you find them? Stick around for the answer in a moment. First, I want to remind you about a big show this weekend that's sold out. But guess what? You can get tickets courtesy of Channel Q. Randy Rainbow is in L.A. in town performing. He's a three-time Emmy-nominated comedian, producer, actor, YouTube star from The Randy Rainbow Show. And he's going to be performing November 13th, this Saturday and Sunday. You can get a pair of tickets from channel q all you have to do is go to we are channel slash listen we are q.com slash listen to win your pair of tickets to randy rainbow right now okay let's get into this question of the day because where did this even come from ryan i feel like you, you i heard yes, I, ryan really please, br- brought it on
3: please give us the backstory to your tweet because you sent this out as a tweet yeah and what inspired it
2: um well no I think there's something interesting um that I feel like has been coming up in what I've been witnessing in just around me or either online in other just groups of friends and things like that where we actually had a conversation Ashar and I had a conversation about this on a on a sense of like kind of uh, specifically when it comes to queer and trans spaces of like how much your attractiveness plays into people wanting to hang out with each other more people being you know maybe attracted to them and you know they give more attention to that person because they are attracted mm-hmm. to them, right and I think we find that in a lot of like spaces regardless, but specifically really in like queer spaces since that's where I exist in a lot of those spaces. um but I decided today nothing even really like, Triggered, I was just thinking about it on my drive here, just being like, huh, I wonder what, if people are more keen to support someone's work based off of their attractiveness to them, Mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of times it's true. You have to be muscly, you have to be, Um, I mean, skin tone could uh, play into this. Uh, It can be how deep your voice is. It can be how you dress. All these things. If someone is willing to want to have sex with you, they are more so willing to support you. Click, double tap, share your things. And I think that is something really interesting that has always kind of been in my mind. Uh And how you see people maneuver through social media spaces are the world. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I thought it would be interesting for us to talk about.
1: Well, yeah, there was actually a study, and theres I, I feel like I've heard a few studies around this, but there was a study published um, in PLOS1, OS which is the psychology thing, that actually look, looked and suggested... Oh, sorry. Now I just i just clicked it, and it's just opening all these things. <laughs> well. Okay, it suggests <laughs> that people are biased towards accepting evolutionary psychology theories whose principles are in their favor. The researchers found that people who are... More attractive, we're more likely to endorse these evolutionary psychology principles that describe mating advantages for attractive people. So basically, if in the world you're in right now where we're living in, there's certain things that make you more attractive to mate – that like evolutionarily yeah. will be more move like we'll move more towards that. Does yeah, that and I fi- I find
3: that this is layered because I mean, w- the more I think about this, I think about when I first moved to LA how someone that I worked with was very very particular about who they wanted on their Instagram. Mm. For like if that's how fickle it that's is. And real. I think also it could be amplified we live in a very superficial city. Let's just call it thing a thing. It can go beyond looks. It could go towards access. Yeah. People only want to associate with people who have certain access to certain buildings. Instead of looking at a person as fundamentally who they are, like they're a good person, people are willing in this city to suffer through insufferable people just because of access to the resources that they have.
2: Survival of the so It's layered. Answer me this then. Have we done this?
3: I definitely know that I have. And I'm not ashamed to say that I think that we all would be. Well, I'm going to speak for myself. It would be uh, intellectually dishonest for me to say that I uh, that I have not supported people that I have been attracted to. But I really thought about this. I'm not attracted to women, so like the women run the gamut. Like I can acknowledge beauty and yeah. and things like I can acknowledge like, oh, she's so pretty, or oh, she's not that. But if the work is there when it comes to a woman,
2: yeah,
3: I'm supporting regardless. When it comes to men, yeah. I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm more prone to listen, but I, I have a bit more empathy. I think just because I'm I'm black and trans, <laughs> like right, right. so. But I do have a bit more empathy, and I think I approach things from a different level. But if a guy is fine, if a man is cute, if he's hot and he's talking the talk, because you could be cute, but if I think you're a bonehead, I'm not supporting and following you. But if yeah. you are smart, if you stimulate me intellectually, and you're you're hot yeah I'm following I'm sharing I'm double yeah, tapping yeah because that's absolutely. what you're
1: attracted to also. absolutely yeah right, right. Yes. Yes. right. Do do that's it? what does it for you I think I we I feel like we all do it in an unconscious way there's unconscious yeah. biases that we have I also what I see is like I think we all support people who are more like us as an unconscious bias because it reminds us of us It be, inherently it feels more quote unquote comfortable it's well, why you might
2: people of color
3: it's yeah. a safety
2: thing yeah, as well yeah it's and I think that's even a, like a nuanced situation yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah because like even but then even if you say like an alumni, like a school. Oh, I went to the same school. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. where you're from, your hometown. Like you could both have, you know, be, well, Jew, you know, Jew or Italian yeah. or I think that it's also tribal and cultural as well. So like I think that plays into it and, and if there is something societally that we deem successful or quote unquote attractive, whatever that
2: is, we'll lean towards that. We see that in influencer culture. But that's culture. the ding, 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 right? It's what society has like kind of taught yeah. us about what we should be thinking of as attractive body types, like yep. I'm also moving throughout the world, being fat and black, and so and, and queer, and so all of these things, you know, you see levels of people support mm-hmm. based off of literally them just thirsting after them. So there,
1: them. Uh, can I just in 2004? Some are worse than others. Yeah. Listen, to, and I'll, we have to. Do you want to? Oh. you,
2: you want to do a next segment?
1: We could. I mean, I, I'm kind of done. This. This is the last thing I'll say. All, All right. Cool. We don't need. Or did we go? Did we go to our uh, what the poll said? Well, we do have the polls. Okay. Let's so keep. after this, we'll go to the poll, and I'm also gonna tell you about a study about babies and attractive people. All right. <laughs> That's next. Let's go there
7: with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q.
1: We are talking about whether you're more likely to support someone if you find them attractive. And we've been talking about evolution, we've been talking about biology and psychology. We're getting into it. And we actually put up the poll on social media.
2: Do you want to get into it now? Yeah, let's get into the results. Are we ready? Yes. yes. Okay, wait a sec. I got to refresh to make sure I got the most updated results. Mm-hmm. So, um, 47.4 percent of people said yes. 52.6 percent people said no. They lying. <laughs> I mean, Be-
3: uh, because here's the we thing. we all do it to a different degree.
2: Well, I, okay. So here's the thing. I don't. I feel like I have done it but i don't think i've done it in the ways that i feel like i notice when it's, yeah, it's done. it's not
1: an intentional thing for some for some people it is and i do think for if for most people it might not be intentional. you yeah. might not notice
3: but you're doing you, it but if you the only way that you're going to vote no on that is if you lack self-awareness and you don't cuz we like i said what we most all people do, do it. <laughs> we literally all do it.
2: But I also sometimes that's what I've I've been sitting here like just as you all have been like talking and I've been kind of examining it myself being like I think because of my experience of being the person, especially in queer spaces
9: Mm -hmm. that
2: and especially if you live out here in this city where if you're not if you don't look a certain way or if you don't act necessarily a certain way, then you won't necessarily be the first one noticed in a room. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think I've. I've seen that happen where I've been looking at it from an outside perspective looking in. Mm -hmm. And so for me, sometimes I, I, I do feel like I don't do it often. Because I'm so cognizant of it, typically that people I can't who come do from it.
3: marginalized spaces uh, have a bit more. We don't have blinders up as much, right?
2: Exactly. Because we can't afford
3: to. I mean, we could talk about that with race as yeah, well, yeah. Gender as well. Yeah. Like if you're coming from a, a, a lower tier on the totem pole, so to speak, even though I don't know if that's politically correct anymore, yeah. But a lower tier on the scale, I should say. Typically, and I'm using air quotes when I say that, you come with the little. You come with. a a gaze and optics that are a bit different than if you're just... If
2: you're at the top... Just existing. Yeah, yeah, you're just existing. You got the privilege to just be like, whatever. And so that's how Mm -hmm. I see a a lot of things where I'm like, I don't think I could necessarily just support someone based off of my attraction to them. Um, Because for me, it's just like... Well, it's not attraction. It could be someone's attractive. You're not attracted to them. Well, I mean... Right, right. That's true. That's true. But I think sometimes being if they're attractive, I feel like, doesn't that sometimes kind of... No, because there could be uh, someone
1: else, I mean, a woman
3: that you find attractive, you're not going to be attractive. I was about to to say, there are people that are attractive, but I'm not attracted to them. Mm -hmm. But I can acknowledge that like, oh, he's cute, or oh, she ain't ugly. Yeah, she's cute. Like, I'm confident enough in myself to be like, to acknowledge good-looking people, but that doesn't mean that I'm attracted to them. I
2: think that's what's really interesting about, if if I'm talking about being in a, I guess, if we're just even wanting to go even further, all right, Mm -hmm. being in, like, a cis male gay, like, Mm -hmm. zone in, in community... That is what, that's what you're. I'm not looking at other genders. But I also, if you're think, existing in that one space, you're only looking at guys where you're like, okay, yeah, they're attractive. Well, no. But oftentimes, but, that's a slippery slope also, where you can be, if you're, yeah. like, you can turn that into an attraction. Like, that's why well, I'm like, sometimes i, I do not. work, think that
1: though, too. Like, varies. you can find people attractive at work, but you're not going to, like, Yeah. Anyway, I also
3: venture to say that men are inherently more visual creatures than women are.
1: And so that's I think that the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Right. I think that plays an (laughs) interesting perspective
2: of what communities you're in.
1: Yeah. Here's an interesting study. Newborn babies prefer to look at attractive faces. This is from uh, 2004. It's a long time ago. Um, It says a U.K. researcher suggesting that face recognition is hardwired at birth rather than learned. Uh, So they took a group of pictures. They showed it to actually adults on a scale of one to five. Then they showed it to babies that were infants, newborns. And they noticed um, if they were distracted, like, which is weird because you don't actually see that. Like when you're a newborn baby, you can barely see in front of you. Um, So... Uh, but basically, they noted baby the baby's eyes, where the baby's eyes were directed. And all almost all the babies spent more time looking at the more attractive face than the less attractive one.
3: We should mention that attractiveness is subjective, subjective. as well. Uh, this is a ba- but this is, sub- yeah, an infant. But even,
2: but but, think but even a, to the study. To the, infants, yeah. I don't even think that was a good study because babe, like, <laughs> infants but aren't have you heard any of, of that.
3: Have you heard of the doll test? It yes. was conducted. It's on YouTube. Look it up. Oh, it's, it's an effect yeah. of racism on mm. children and how a lot of us, uh, especially, you know, there's three people of color in this room, producer Vanessa, Ryan, and myself. We grow up with the only reflections of ourselves within our family because the programming mm-hmm. that we were watching mm-hmm. you know it, it can get a little bit insidious and so the test was they put these dolls of different races in front of these kids and even the black kids deemed the black doll ugly but it's a direct reflection of media that we're ingesting but because black people weren't represented I should mention this study was conducted in the 1940s and they did it again <laughs> in the 80s yeah. but it, I mean it's it's real and it, it has a direct ref, uh, effect on communities it's, yeah. it's deeper that's why I said it goes to gender it goes to like Ryan said yeah. sexuality in yeah. queer spaces and race like it, it's a lot that goes into this because even as a brown skinned woman there's colorism that plays I, I see the shorter well, that's what I was
2: saying as well like color earlier I said that colorism plays a huge uh, when, like, I'm in, like, when I'm in when I'm in spaces
3: with other black women typically if they are light skinned with the loose curl pattern they could be saying the same thing that I'm saying but yeah. they get they get the brass ring exactly. and I get ignored because I'm I'm supposed to suffer I represent the su- you know the vibe <laughs> Viola Davis of it, <laughs> but if they're lights, if they look like Paula Patton, they look like Yara Shahidi, Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah, they're the ones that's got they the platforms. The yeah, hmm. look at the black women that you know that that are your peers. They all match a certain aesthetic, don't they?
2: And I don't know, someone just not voted to put you it on the spot, it made it 50%, but 50%, now, come on, it's 50%. Yes, 50%. <laughs> no,
1: no. We're half half.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: All right. Well, what an interesting conversation. Let us know what you think. Uh, the poll is. On Ryan's Twitter at the Slay God, but you can always slide into our DMs at LGT Show if you want us to bring up one of your thoughts on the show. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up our show, as we always do, with our Yaz Queen of the day. Yaz Queen. So in June, eight content creators were on TikTok. They participated in this online event with The Trevor Project. Of course, our favorite nonprofit organization focused on suicide prevention for LGBTQ youth. And guess what? It just came out. They raised $165,000. Really cool on wow. TikTok. Yeah. They did this like bachelor style event. They had some creators, um, some in the LGBTQ space, including lesbian couple, content creators Haley and Kendra, and your favorite, Ryan Perez Hilton. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know how I feel about that one. <laughs>
1: uh, but the live event was called the Tokeler. And yeah, it's really Weird cool man. to see how they <laughs> Sounds used. Sounds like a villain from Batman. No. It's interesting to see how they used. A TikTok to raise money like this. And you can actually go to tokeler.com to find out more. T O K E L O
2: R. Anything is possible on TikTok. Right? We did show a bit of Demon the bad death. and ugly of TikTok today. <laughs> well, did you just bring up death and our happy? <laughs>
9: yeah, I was
1: saying it a bit
2: differently, happy. but yes, yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: Sean. Uh, well, that's our yes, queen of the day. Yeah.
2: Yes, Klee. And that also does
1: it for our show today. Uh, Thank you, Char Giselle, again for joining us in the studio as our co-host. Oh, no.
9: Don't want you to leave.
1: (laughs) We are back tomorrow, same time, live here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On the show tomorrow, we're going to talk about learning how to talk to your doctor um, and the skill that might just save your life. That and more on the show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with Sheeran Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris where he's talking about how to be an adult.
2: <laughs> wow. We can learn That's a couple next. things, huh?
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.